We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. go episode 458 of the Al Galdi podcast it is Wednesday December 7th 2022 the day after the first ever MLB draft lottery uh we have had the NBA and NHL draft lotteries for years uh we now have an MLB draft lottery and the Nationals uh they got the number two pick in the 2023 MLB draft. Will we ever have an NFL draft lottery? Imagine how big of a deal that would be. And, you know, as more and more NFL teams embrace tanking, embrace the tank, uh, I do wonder if we might see an NFL draft lottery someday. You know, one of the great websites is tankathon.com. Have you ever checked that out? Tankathon.com. It tracks draft orders in the NFL, MLB, the NBA, and the NHL. The Commanders, as things stand right now, would have the number 18 pick in the 2023 NFL Draft. But hey, this year, we don't have to be talking NFL Draft in December with our football team because it is in the midst of a playoff race. Hello and welcome to this Wednesday installment of the Al Galdi Podcast, a man who I know would much rather talk about our football team being in the midst of a playoff race as opposed to where the team is going to be picking in the next NFL draft is a man who will be joining me next segment. I will welcome on my buddy, my pal, former Redskins tight end, Rick Dockwalker, aka the DOC, uh, to talk commanders as we have arrived at the Wednesday of their bye week. Uh, we will get the DOC assessment of the 7-5-1 commanders at their bye and as they prepare for their final four games in the 2022 regular season. Are the commanders properly equipped for their playoff push as they are six percentage points behind the Seattle Seahawks for the NFC's third and final wild card spot. I'll get Doc's takes on the quarterback situation, the overall state of the offense, the oh-so-encouraging season that the defense is having, and a lot more. I'm then going to discuss a few things with the commanders, including their luck this season. 
Uh, maybe this surprises you, maybe this doesn't, but the Commanders quantifiably have been one of the luckiest teams in the NFL this season. Also on the show, we'll talk Nationals and Orioles off the latest developments at the MLB Winter Meetings in San Diego, or is it San Diego? I'm not sure. They named it San Diego. Yes, thank you, Ron Burgundy. San Diego, California, is the site of the 2022 MLB Winter Meetings. Uh, But yeah, the Nats in Tuesday night's first ever MLB Draft Lottery got the number two pick in the 2023 MLB Draft. Also, wait until you hear what super agent Scott Boris on Tuesday said about the Orioles. Uh, And I'll talk college basketball. Maryland, unbeaten, no more. Uh, The number 13 Terrapins lost at Wisconsin, 64-59 on Tuesday night. Number three, Virginia survived a scare from James Madison with a 55-50 home win despite Reese Beekman getting hurt. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Tweet from Alex Kittner, on the Commander's next game, home to the New York Giants on Sunday Night Football in Week 15, writes Alex, in Commander's slash Redskins seasons past, I would expect disaster in a primetime game, the Sunday Nighter at FedEx Field. But with this team, I don't feel that fear at all. Would be totally stunned if the team laid a dud in this game, just more testament to the culture change that Ron Rivera has created. Uh, Thank you for the tweet, Alex. Yeah, you know, one of the sneaky great things about Washington with Ron Rivera as head coach is the record in primetime games. I feel like this does not ever get talked about. Washington with Ron Rivera as head coach is 5-1 and in regular season primetime games. Yeah, 5-1, and including two wins This season, the win at the Chicago Bears on Thursday Night Football in Week 6 and the win at the Philadelphia Eagles on Monday Night Football in Week 10. Uh, I have gotten a lot of feedback off former Nat shortstop Trey Turner reportedly having agreed on this 11-year $300 million free agent contract with the Philadelphia Phillies and now again being a teammate of another ex-Nat Outfielder Bryce Harper. Email from Stephen Robertson. Right, Stephen. Great show. The Nationals for many years are going to have to deal with players who the Nats decided against re-signing in Turner and Harper. Uh, Thank you for the email, Stephen. Uh, Well, no debating what Stephen wrote. Uh, You know, as things stand right now, the Phillies are set to pay Bryce Harper $242 million through 2031 and are set to pay Trey Turner $300 million through 2033. Email from Jerry Moore writes, Jerry, I can't believe that the Phillies now have both Bryce and Trey in the fold for the next decade plus. The Phillies have become the New York Yankees. And thanks to the learners and Mike Rizzo, because he pursued the Juan Soto trade, the Nats have become the Kansas City Royals, who were the Yankees' farm system in the 1950s and early 1960s. Nats fans should be so angry, but instead, they just passively take it and actually continue to show up for the worst team in all of baseball Ugh. <laughs> Thank you for the email, Jerry. You know, I am very interested to see the Nats' home attendance for the 2023 season. It is true that the Nats 
this past season, Drew, well, considering how bad they were. The Nats for the 2022 regular season win a Major League worst 55 and 107 with a Major League worst run differential of minus 252, but they finished 17th out of 30 Major League teams in average home attendance, 25,000. 17. Now, a good number of those people didn't show up to the games, but still, in terms of official home attendance, the average number for the Nats this past regular season was 25,017. I would expect that ranking for this coming season and that average home attendance for this coming season to come tumbling down by a good bit, but we shall see. You know, Nats fans have very much supported the team, but of course, it's unrealistic to think that the state of the team isn't going to affect that support at some point. Well, if you have been negatively affected by the negligence of someone else, always know that the law firm of Polson and Nace is there for you. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. Call 202-902-7611. And when you call, make sure that you tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace is a Washington, D.C.-based family law firm that handles medical malpractice, personal injury, birth injury, legal malpractice, and consumer protection cases, offering aggressive advocacy for victims in Washington, D.C. and West Virginia. Paulson and Nace fights for victims of all kinds of situations, including victims of errors made during diagnosis, during surgery, or with medication, victims of injuries caused by dangerous medications or medical devices, as well as defective auto parts, victims of accidents involving cars, trucks, bikes, or motorcycles, victims of deceptive trade practices and false advertising, heck, victims of shady lawyers. If your attorney acts in bad faith, is unethical in his or her counsel, or is negligent in his or her work, uh, you could have a claim for legal malpractice. Paulson and Nace has represented corporate clients throughout the region. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. If you feel that you've been wronged, if you think that you've been wronged but aren't sure, call Paulson and Nace and schedule a no-obligation appointment. Call 202-902-7611. That's 202-902-7611. And when you call, tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. You can also visit PaulsonandNace.com. That's PaulsonandNace.com. And don't forget to tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace treats its clients with respect and dignity and wants what is best for the firm's clients. Paulson and Nace will treat you, your family, and your situation with the care and expertise that you deserve. And Paulson and Nace is excellent at what it does. Paulson and Nace has recovered millions of dollars for the sick and injured. Call 202-902-7611. That's 202-902-7611. And when you call, tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace, if you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. Well, the Commanders are 7-5-1. and one. Uh, This is the franchise's best 13-game start to a regular season since being 7-5-1 and one in the 2016 regular season. Uh, that team, the 2016 Redskins, ended up not making the playoffs. Uh, what will happen with the 2022 Commanders? Uh, as they are in the midst of their bye week, I am very pleased to welcome back 
to the Al Goldie podcast, a man who knows a thing or two about Washington making the NFL playoffs. He is a former Redskins tight end. He played for the Skins from 1980 through 1985. He is a Super Bowl 17 champion. He is a two-time NFC champion. He is a Rose Bowl champion for the 1975 season. He is my former tag team partner on the radio. He is a friend. He is the DOC. Rick Doc Walker, who is the host of his own podcast, the Doc Walker Podcast. He's also doing some work for 1067 The Fan and the Team 980. You can follow Doc on Twitter at Rick Doc Walker. And he is here to do what he does so well, as it is time to talk X's and O's. Burgundy and gold. I'm coming off the top rope, brother. It's uh miss you. Hope everything's been going well. I mean, usually you and I would be talking, um, well, I'd be trying to get the playoffs and you'd be talking draft and talking <laughs> picks and selections and, and you know, no off-season talk in December is weird. I mean, we're actually, um, golly, I like this team. I like the personnel. I think these coaches have done a heck of a job in getting us to this point, but it's like we're or in a boat and we're, and we're going against the current. You know, and uh, we'll get by it, but we'll go against the current. This could be so much easier if we take the gimmies. You know, we got people that are, we're not connecting on certain things and then other things are doing very well. Well, you are a man who knows winning, who knows championships. Uh, Few people get as upset with a commander's loss as you do. So what was the 20-all tie at the New York Giants this past Sunday afternoon like for you? Well, it was like coming back from England when we tied the Bengals. It's just, it's confusing to your mind because we never, ever imagine a tie. We don't talk ties throughout the week. We never mention ties. You know, it's like the forbidden fruit. And all of a sudden you get in it and part of you says, I'd rather lose trying to win than to tie, but not so fast. Because the key is that if you don't lose, especially going against an opponent back-to-back contest, when they got to squeeze in maybe the best team in football in between, I thought it's missed opportunities. Robinson ran himself out of bounds early on. Should have been 14, could have been 14, nothing. I was screaming at the top of my lungs at an event that I was at the stadium saying, we, we, we're not good enough to take points off the board. Whenever we get plus 30, we got to score touchdowns. That's why we average 16, 17 points a game. So I thought all of a sudden, first quarter, we're going to be at 14 zip. Unimaginable. But then we got stoned, and we settled for three, and that was the Giants. That was the best play. Where is Doc Walker with the commander's offense? Uh, They have been running the ball a lot. Uh, I know that you love that. (laughs) Uh, The quarterback, Taylor Heineke, has this amazing pension for late-game heroics, but the overall output for the offense isn't good. Uh, The commanders for the 2022 regular season through Week 13 are number 24 in the NFL in points per game at 19.5. How does this commander's team get its offense to a higher level? That's the biggest mystery. I wish I could answer that. We've got people running open, and if he misses them, or when they're open and he's looking right and he doesn't have time. So the one variable 
my MVP up to this point in the season was Larson, the center. I thought that he controlled their destiny because they had a gauging hole. They couldn't get the ball back to the quarterback, and they couldn't block anybody over 320 pounds at the point. He solved all of that. Trey Turner got better. Norwell got better. I thought the core from when um, Wentz was in was awful. The Philadelphia game, still, I wake up with nightmares. Yes. We didn't look, we looked like we were Division One playing against a pro team, and that's humiliating to get sacked that often. That line was awful. Well, they fixed that. You know, they repaired themselves in the middle of a season, which means you got to have a coordinated effort with your personnel people. They're bringing in good people. Did you? I know. I mean, you knew who Wild Goose was, but the rest of us didn't. And so, but the guy can play. So they're getting guys that come in and can actually play. And if I told you that, you know, they were going to be without their quote best linebacker, fifty five's out, and fifty two's gotten better. He's becoming a leader. And when you can run like the wind, like that kid, that's what disappointed me. I thought spy Daniel Jones with our guy case closed. And for whatever reason, uh, give Daniel Jones a lot of credit. He impressed me in the ball game. I said, wow, that they don't have the weapons. But um, everybody's, you know, going up and down with the kid in Buffalo, rightfully so. I don't think he lasts 17 games. You know, um, with all the wagering opportunities we have right now, take a pick on what quarterback that runs that starts the season will complete the season. It's going to be slim pickings. So it's just too much violence going on for runners. you got to pick your spots. I don't think Taylor Heineke is running enough. He seems to be in a protective mode right now. And maybe because Wentz is out. I don't know. I totally agree with you. Uh, I think that Taylor Heineke should run more. I think that the commanders should use more read option, should be presenting Taylor as a run threat far more often than they are. His mobility is his biggest physical strength, and yet it feels like that has been neutered and by the commanders themselves. Uh, anyway, you said the magic name, Carson Wentz. Uh, do you think that the team should at the very least be open to going back to Carson as a starting quarterback, given the higher ceiling that he, in theory, offers? I think, yes. Uh, first of all, we got to get Carson on the active list. He's not been ready. He was sick. He's got the hand. If he has a great week of practice and he's our number two going in, then I'm going to leave it that way until the kid's got to play himself out. I mean, he's turned water into wine. And so I'm not going to be disrespectful of that. But I don't care about his personal feeling, nor do I care about Carson's. This is about, I want you to defend both. I'd, I'd really almost like to see, and I don't think we'll see it now with Larson. If Larson's out, all bets are off. Until they prove to me, maybe Schweitzer goes back to center. They got to fix that. Because you rule I mean, look, who loses two aces at center? Well, Tampa Bay knows what we're going through. We don't talk about him a lot. The left tackle gets the buck, bucks, but the center touches the ball every play the quarterback does. And now he's got to block a guy 500 pounds in front of him. I mean, it's a hell of a position. And Larson, without training camp, pulled it off. He and Trey didn't have training camp. They didn't play preseason. So those guys, in their bo- and they're in their ninth year. So they're aging. But, man, they won my respect. They bounced back. 
Now I got to see what plan B is. I, I, I don't, this team is, it's really, really good. And then it's really, really thin. If I need Carson to know, can he play? Did you learn anything? Now I pick up his arm, but I lose the mobility. Yeah. Because his body, his athleticism is down to mine. He ain't the same guy that beat us to death and ran through and around people. But if his mind is sharp enough and I can use Watson, I got 10. I've never seen us this rich in receivers. We got talent. When a when a high pick, Deami Brown, he's your spot player. He's, I think he's a two or a three. You live in riches. Whoever thought it? Look at the talent we have. The running back room is loaded. Uh, the tight end room is a freak show. But we got to be able to get him the ball. And if we can't get him the ball, then this is not going to work. We are talking commanders with former Redskins tight end Rick Doc Walker, the host of the Doc Walker podcast. The commanders very clearly are leaning on their running game right now, especially running back Brian Robinson Jr. What has stood out to you in watching him, especially over the last two games, uh, during which he has 39 carries for 201 yards and four receptions for 35 yards and a touchdown? That he's improving every week. I saw him in training camp. So being able to do the training camp, I was there every second. I saw him going through. The, I thought, oh my God, this boy this is a baby. I used to call him Baby Jim Brown. That's what I was whispering. I mean, this dude's different. And then, of course, the the, the tragic accident. And now he's coming back. He's getting better every game. Imagine if everybody improved incrementally at the level he is. So we don't. His ceiling is. We're still trying to find it out. Curtis Samuels never saw him play last year. So now he blows me away with his freakish quick twitch. Terry off the chain. And then they draft a kid out of Penn State who is he, the next. He reminds me of baby D. Jacks. Because we've seen some. When we've had great players, we've just never had a great team. Now I'm starting to go, wow, that guy reminds me of this guy and that guy. And, you know, we got three guys that remind me of Cooley. Three. Because they get separation and they're long. And they're Amari Rogers, he blew me away. Former quarterback comes in, he's blocking, he plays a little a little um quarterback for you. Look, I've had my concerns about how we were calling things. Not now. We are loaded. I just don't know if we're able to execute the entire playbook. Uh, as I said, you played for the Redskins from 1980 through 1985, and so you played for the team while it had what I think and what I know a lot of people think is the best interior defensive line duo in team history, Dave Butts and Daryl Grant. What the commanders have right now in Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne, is this the franchise's best interior defensive line duo since Dave Butts and Daryl Grant? Absolutely. Without hesitation. Myron Patios might have a little bit to say about that. And the Dancing Bears, well, we can go back. Um, the Fearsome Foursome, I grew up. And, you know, Merlin Olsen, Lamar Lundy. You heard about the ends. And on, on and what I mean, Roosevelt Greer, Greer. When you got interior power, the Steelers had that. When they had me and Joe Green. When the best player on your team plays defensive tackle, the Rams have it. 
you can't find me a really good team that doesn't have a dominant presence. I've just don't seen two of them. These dudes are twins now, and they're twin terrors. Now, my only question was, man, I get I signed Payne to a one year deal every year. If that's what gets him to that level, <laughs> then I'd give him a one year deal every year. I play, I roll the dice with him because I've seen flashes. Never this kind. He's consistently dominant, and the other guy should be barred from the game. I mean, he's man. He is. He is so much fun to watch. And then Ridgeway, my new favorite player, that he comes in and I adore him. He is reminds me of Dean Hamill, a bigger version of Dean Hamill, the Tasmanian Devil. We got people. Smith Williams, Two Hill, Two Hill. He's a dream come true. We got guys now. Sweat is just scratching the surface. To me, he's the most talented guy out of everybody on the entire unit. It's getting to that, and he's flashing it. Once he figures it out, it's completely over because he's long, he's big, and he's faster than everybody. So when you watch T.J. Watt, when you watch the Bosa boys out there, it's a different level. There's only three or four of these freaks in the league. Everybody talks a lot, but who gives you the production? The kid in Pittsburgh is unbelievable. Instant. And so we'll see what happens. 99 gets a chance to come back. I don't expect it immediately. But by the time you get to first or you get to closing this thing out, he's going to have to give you some presence. You mentioned linebacker Jamin Davis uh, much better this season as compared to in his 2021 rookie season. Head coach Rod Rivera and defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio early in the season were publicly critical of Jamin. It's now clear that Ron and Jack were purposely coaching Jamin hard. Uh, Ron has admitted to this and Jamin has responded to this. Uh, what do you see as the differences for Jamin this season? Well, he's military background. First of all, he's not one of these whiny millennials that you raise your voice at them and they fall apart. <laughs> you know, the, the dude just, he locked in and they should have blamed themselves. They're the ones that came up with the bright idea of moving his position. He didn't volunteer for that, but they didn't take, but whatever comes out, the end result is that he's going to be a multimillionaire. Because the best thing about him, and I'll take one of B. Mitch's phrases, is that he's available. See, it's nobody's fault that get people get her. I love Holcomb. He's out. You know, it, it, this guy has missed a snap. I don't even think he's been nicked. I mean, he's a freak. And when you run the way he runs and he hits, he's got attitude. I like it. Unfortunately, his backups is like he's playing with his dad's. I mean, our drop-off in athleticism, we fall off the top. We can't cover anybody if he's not, not doing it. But our safeties, this is where Cam Curl, these guys who come in, um, I would have never given up the Buffalo Nickel guy. But see, they, they were right. They went younger, they went cheaper, and they got more speed. So overall, I, I am pleasantly surprised and not only our talent mix, but how they've been instructed, how these guys have grown. And Jack, I mean, he he was right, doing it his way, a little bit unorthodox. Belichick's unorthodox. I love people that don't run standards. We're a four-three, we're three. No, we're whatever the hell we decide to be on any given. I love the fact that they're little orthodox five-man fronts. You know what I mean? They go, they mix things up a little bit, and so. 
I think a lot of this happened as a result of 99 being out, but it's going to make them better because they have more depth now. Obata, love them. I'm just telling you, there's nobody out here that's on the field that I got a problem with. They got rid of all the guys that didn't really want to play. Final question. The safeties, Cameron Curl and Derek Forrest. Washington for years, basically since the death of Sean Taylor 15 years ago, had struggled so badly uh, to find high-quality play at safety. Uh, The team this season has had high-quality play at safety thanks to Curl and Forrest. What do you make of what they're doing this season? Yeah, we're headed to some disaster down the road if this team can win because you're not going to be able to keep everybody. The problem is that we've never had to deal with this, <laughs> having a whole bunch of really good people that are young. Usually we go out and get fleeced and have to buy somebody's body is broke, broken down. It's the same thing with Wentz. I don't blame him. I earned a lot of respect for him. He's tried. He's made every effort to be a good guy and all that. But if you don't get rid of the ball and you can't make people miss – then the value proposition is way off. But that's hindsight. Who who would have known that? It's just like, who would have ever thought in a million years that Trey Turner would leave Blue Heaven to go play in Philadelphia? You know, sometimes you can't, can't figure it out. He is the DOC, Rick Doc Walker. Four games left in our team's 2022 regular season. Let's close it out with a playoff spot. You know what? That would be a good thing. And for you not to be talking draft and position and getting <laughs> the top five, it just tickles me. It warms my heart to know that you actually kind of believe in this squad and that you're actually going for a playoff win. And I'll tell you what, it is the most balanced, top to bottom, that I remember the national football. I do not remember having teams that this balance in the middle, it may not be as top-heavy, but in the middle right now, I clearly, three weeks ago, I said I'd take Frisco. If I were to pick out of a pool, that's who I think will end up representing the NFC. Seattle, who thought that? You see, maybe you did. <laughs> appreciate you, brother. I appreciate it, man. Thank you so right. much. Good deal. All right, up next, more on the Commanders. Uh, What you think about their offensive line is, in fact, the case. I've got some data to back that up. Also, The latest proof of the excellent season that the team's top three defensive linemen are having and where the commanders rank in terms of luck this season. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 
You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Please consider subscribing to the Al Galdi podcast. Subscribing costs you nothing and makes it so that each episode is downloaded to your device. Also, please consider rating and reviewing the podcast. You on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify can rate the podcast. Five-star ratings are very much appreciated. And you on Apple Podcasts can write a brief review saying that you like the podcast. The ratings and the reviews help us out a lot. And so thank you for doing them. Uh, I, on Tuesday, came across some commander stats, including some advanced stats that are worth discussing. If it feels like the commander's offensive line has become good at run blocking but remains bad at pass blocking, uh, that's because that is, in fact, the case. Uh, The numbers back this up. This really stood out in the 20-all tie at the New York Giants this past Sunday afternoon. The commander's offensive line in that game paved the way for running backs Brian Robinson Jr., Antonio Gibson, and Jonathan Williams, and receiver Curtis Samuel to combine for 34 carries for 159 yards. That works out to 4.68 yards per carry. But the commander's offensive line in that game also allowed the Giants to finish with five sacks and 10 quarterback hits. The latest ESPN run block win rate and pass block win rate metrics came out on Tuesday. The commanders for much of this season had been near the bottom of the NFL in both metrics, but the commanders for the 2022 regular season through week 13 are 15th out of 32 NFL teams in ESPN's run block win rate. Uh, That's a nice jump from where the commanders had been, they, through week nine, were just 28th in the NFL in ESPN's run block win rate. So major progress over the last four weeks. But the commanders for the 2022 regular season through week 13 are just 28th out of 32 NFL teams in ESPN's pass block win rate. Uh, So yeah, the pass blocking remains a problem. Uh, Not a problem for the commanders this season has been their defensive line. And how about this? Three of the top 10 players in the NFL in tackles for loss in the 2022 regular season are commander's defensive linemen. (laughs) I mean, that's absurd, man. Three of the top 10. Uh, The three players, of course, are Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, and Montez Sweat. John and Deron are tied for second in the NFL in tackles for loss. Each guy has 15. Montez is tied for eighth in the NFL in tackles for loss. He has 12. Uh, That really is something. The commander's having three of the top 10 players in the NFL in tackles for loss. This has become one of the best seasons that any Washington defensive line has ever had. I mean, we'll see where the season goes, but right now, this 2022 Commander's defensive line is having one of the best seasons that any Washington defensive line has ever had. And then there is this luck. Yes, luck. Believe it or not, we have a way of quantifying luck 
in the NFL, or at least a way of trying to quantify luck in the NFL. Tom Bliss is a football operations data scientist for the NFL. Uh, He has come up with a formula for how much win probability each NFL team has obtained via luck. Uh, I will not bore you with every detail, but he looks at four key things. Dropped interceptions by opponents, dropped passes by opponents, field goal and extra point makes and misses, and fumble recoveries. Uh, All of these things have a good bit to do with luck. They're not all entirely predicated on luck, but over a course of a season, an NFL team being greatly helped or hurt by any of these things largely has to do with luck, given what we know about these things. Well, in this 2022 NFL regular season, the team that has gained the most win probability via luck is the New York Giants. Uh, Now, that's not surprising given that the Giants are widely viewed to have overachieved. Uh, They are 7-5-1 despite having a point differential of minus 7. And the team that has gained the second most win probability via luck is the Washington Commanders. Uh, Yes, they, per this methodology, have been the second luckiest team in the NFL. Uh, The biggest areas of good luck for the Commanders have been dropped passes by opponents and fumble recoveries. The Commanders are tied for third in the NFL in most win probability gained by dropped passes by opponents and are second in the NFL in most win probability gained by fumble recoveries. Uh, What's interesting is that the Commanders actually have a negative win probability for dropped interceptions by opponents. Uh, That's surprising given how many potential interceptions by quarterback Taylor Heineke have been dropped. But yeah, the commanders are enjoying some very good on-the-field luck this season. And, you know, that is in accordance with the team being 7-5-1 despite having a negative point differential. The commanders point differential is minus three. Look, the commanders don't need to apologize for having enjoyed good luck, but this is important to remember when thinking about, you know, the bigger picture and what exactly the commanders have and where exactly the team is. But for right now, what matters most is the immediate picture, i.e. this season, i.e. the playoff race in which the commanders trail the Seattle Seahawks by six percentage points for the NFC's third and final wildcard spot. We are going to have all offseason to take a look at, hey, where exactly is our team? For right now, it's about the push for the postseason. The 2022 MLB winter meetings continue. They are taking place in San Diego, California. We, on Tuesday night, had the first ever MLB draft lottery. Uh, Per the new collective bargaining agreement between MLB and the MLB Players Association, the CBA that was arrived at this past March, we, starting with the 2023 MLB draft, are having draft lotteries for MLB drafts. The first six choices in each draft will be determined by lottery rather than by the reverse order of the previous year's standings. All 18 non-postseason teams from the previous season are in the draft lottery. The teams with the three worst records from the previous season have the best chances, 16.5% each, to get the number one overall pick via the lottery. The Nationals for the 2022 regular season went a major league worst 55 
and 107. So the Nats picked a bad time in which to be really bad because they is the worst team in MLB in the 2022 season. We're not guaranteed to get the number one pick in the 2023 MLB draft. The Nats were only guaranteed to get one of the top seven picks, and the Nats actually had a better chance of getting the number seven pick, 19%, than they had of getting the number one pick, 16 0.5%. But I am happy to say that the Nats in Tuesday night's draft lottery did get the number two pick in the 2023 MLB draft. Uh, no, that is not the number one pick, but the number two pick is pretty good. And truth be told, the MLB draft is such a crapshoot that there really isn't that much difference between the number one pick and the number two pick and the number three pick, etc. So good news for the Nats and them getting the number two pick in the 2023 draft. This was Nationals President of Baseball Operations and General Manager Mike Rizzo with reporters on Tuesday night. Yeah, there's not much of a difference between like one, two, or six. It's uh, it's this, we we employ the same process. Now, if you're 18th or 25th, it's you know it's a little it's a little different. But uh, we'll we'll employ the same process that we always do. We'll line them up uh, in in the in the order that we we like them. Uh, fortunately, you don't have to. What this does, it eliminates your your strategy. If a guy gets picked off in front of you, we'll only have one of those one of those situations possible. So that that'll help our uh, our. our uh, pre-draft preparation. Yeah, you know, both Mike Rizzo and Nats manager Davey Martinez spoke at length with reporters on Monday. And while each guy did say a lot, each guy actually said very little of true consequence because right now there just isn't that much to say. Like the Nats last season were horrendous. The Nats have traded away every significant trade ship that they had. The farm system has been improved via the trades, but still isn't good. The team's track records of drafting and player development over the last five or so years are terrible. The team is expected to be bad for multiple seasons to come. And the team has major ownership uncertainty. And speaking of that, uh, MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred at the winter meetings on Tuesday said that he hopes that the sale of the Los Angeles Angels is completed by opening day 2023, but could offer no comparable time frame for the sale of the Nats. Uh, this sale of the Nats is taking a while. The learners are known to be tough negotiators and are known to grind out deals, and so we shouldn't be surprised that the learner sale of the Nats isn't exactly happening at lightning speed, and especially when you throw into the mix the ultra-complicated Masson dispute, uh, yeah, this sale of the Nats may not be completed for a while here. This ownership uncertainty continues and may well not be ending anytime soon. Speaking of ownership uncertainty, Rob Manfred on Tuesday also addressed the Orioles' ownership situation. Uh, the Angelos family feud, uh, the Orioles' ownership group has been led by Peter Angelos and his sons, John and Louis Angelos. Peter has been in failing health for years. Louis Angelos, this past June 9th, filed a lawsuit against his brother, John Angelos, and their mother, Georgia Angelos, for control of the team, uh, Rob Manfred on Tuesday, quote, it's absolutely clear that under baseball's rules, John Angelos is the control person. I'm sorry there's litigation involved. It attracts all kind of negative attention to the game. Having said that, I'm really comfortable with the way the club is being run, end quote. Uh, Manfred also committed to the O's staying 
in Baltimore. As you may know, the O's being moved to Tennessee has come up. As among the items in that lawsuit was John Angelos, according to Louis Angelos, wanting to move the Orioles to Tennessee. Uh, the O's this past June 13th issued a statement from John Angelo saying that the team will never leave Baltimore. Quote, as I have said before, as long as Fort McHenry is standing watch over the Inner Harbor, the Orioles will remain in Baltimore. End quote. It's crazy with the O's right now. Not unlike with the Commanders, uh, actually, because the Orioles' ownership situation is a mess, but on the field, there's a lot to be excited about. And regarding the O's being player players in free agency this offseason, uh, you know, Orioles executive vice president and general manager Mike Elias has said that the O's are going to spend some money this offseason. Uh, well, the number one agent in baseball, Scott Boris, he on Tuesday held court with reporters at the winter meetings and he very much talked up the O's. Quote, Baltimore, they're birds of prey. They've feathered up. <laughs> they have an amazing young core. I think they're trying to supplement this young group. They really feel they're ready to compete. They've been very aggressive. Mike has been in constant contact. The Orioles are in a different place, and Mike's made us all very aware of that. End quote. Uh, among Scott Boris's clients is free agent starting pitcher Carlos Rodon, uh, who has been viewed as a potential target of the O's. You know, the O's have rarely spent big on free agents in the Angelos era. So we'll see what they're actually willing to spend this offseason, but there's no doubt that there is a buzz with the O's, a buzz with the birds uh, that the team has not had in years. Uh, the O's in the 2022 regular season went 83 and 79 off in the 2021 regular season, having got a major league worst tying 52 and 110. Uh, the O's are coming out of their rebuild. They are where the Nats hopefully will be in a few years. As for the O's in Tuesday night's draft lottery, uh, they got the number 17 pick in the 2023 draft. Well, as well as things had been going for Maryland with its new head coach, Kevin Willard, you figured that the Terrapins probably weren't going to go undefeated this season, and sure enough, they will not. Uh, number 13, Maryland fell to 8-1 and overall and 1-1 one and one in the Big Ten with a 64-59 loss at Wisconsin on Tuesday night. You know, the Terps came into the game having trailed for just 8 minutes, 7 seconds at a 320 game minutes in the 2022-2023 season. The Terps really had rolled to their 8-0 start. Uh, there was no such rolling on Tuesday night. Uh, now, the game was tied at 45 with seven and a half minutes left in the second half, but the Terps then allowed Wisconsin to go on a 13-2 run for a 58-47 lead. Uh, the Terps had an odd game offensively, went 10-24 on threes, that's good, but the Terps went a putrid 11 of 31 on twos and finished with just nine assists versus 14 turnovers. Uh, also, the Terps totaled just 12 free throw attempts to Wisconsin's 27, although Wisconsin went just 17 of 27 
on free throws. The Terps went 7-12 on free throws. Defensively, the Terps held Wisconsin to just 7-21 on threes, but did allow Wisconsin to go 13-26 on twos. Uh, Jameer Young scored 17 of the Terps 59 points. He in 30 minutes as a starter went 3-5 on threes, 3-8 on twos, and 2-3 on free throws. Also finished with four rebounds, including three offensive boards, two steals, and one assist versus three turnovers. The only other Terp who scored in double figures was Julian Reese. Uh, he, in 31 minutes as a starter, went four or six from the field, all twos, and just two of four on free throws, finished with 10 points, six rebounds, two blocks, and two assists versus three turnovers. Uh, two prominent Terps struggled from the field, uh, Dante Scott and Hakeem Hart. Dante Scott, in 34 minutes as a starter, just two of seven on threes, just one of seven on twos and just one of three on free throws, but he finished with nine points, 10 rebounds, three blocks, and two assists versus two turnovers. And Hakeem Hart in 32 minutes as a starter, just one of four on threes, just one of six on twos. He finished with five points, nine rebounds, including three offensive boards and two assists versus two turnovers. But Dante Scott and Hakeem Hart are two very key players for the Terps, and they in this game on Tuesday night win a combined 5 of 24 from the field. Uh, playing Wisconsin is almost always tough. You know, you get lulled into playing this like slow, grinded out, physical, tough game. This game on Tuesday night, no exception. Next up for Maryland is another big game. The Terps will face number seven, Tennessee at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York, as part of the Basketball Hall of Fame Invitational. That game will take place this Sunday afternoon at 4.30. Also on Tuesday night, number three Virginia improved to 8-0 overall with a 55-50 win over James Madison at John Paul Jones Arena in Charlottesville, Virginia. Now, the biggest item for Virginia in this game, Reese Beekman got hurt. Uh, he's arguably Virginia's best player. Uh, Beekman on Tuesday night played for just 3 minutes 47 seconds as a starter as he suffered a right hamstring injury. So we'll have to see how he's doing. The game ended up being a challenging game for Virginia. The Cavaliers blew an 11-point first half lead led by just two points at 52-50 with less than a minute left in the second half. Uh, the Cavs struggled on threes and on free throws. Cavs went just 5 of 21 on threes and just 12 of 24 on free throws. Did go 14 of 24 on twos. Also, the Cavs won despite having a mere three offensive rebounds to JMU's 13. Uh, the Wahoos did defend exceptionally well, held JMU to just 50 points, just seven of 23 on threes and just eight of 32 on twos. JMU finished with five assists versus 12 turnovers. Uh, Kihei Clark led UVA in scoring for a second consecutive game. 38 minutes, 56 seconds as a starter. He went 2 of 5 on threes and 3 of 6 on twos. Did go just 6 of 12 on free throws, but he finished with 18 points, 7 assists versus 3 turnovers and 2 rebounds. Jaden Gardner in 32-23 as a starter. 5 of 7 from the field, all twos. He did go just 4 of 8 on free throws, but he finished with 14 points, 8 rebounds, 2 blocks, and two steals. Virginia's next game isn't until Saturday, December 17th, but what a game this sets up to be. Home to number one, Houston. Yeah, number three, Virginia versus number one, Houston in Charlottesville, Saturday afternoon, December 17th at two.
And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Thursday show, episode 459, will include a special guest to talk commanders. Commanders insider, Ben Standing of The Athletic. Uh, ben, very plugged in on the team. He's broken a number of stories, and so we're going to cover a lot of ground. Also on Thursday's show, I'll talk Capitals. The Caps are at the Philadelphia Flyers Wednesday night at 7. I'll talk Wizards. So the Wizards are at the Chicago Bulls Wednesday night at 8. And I'll talk College Hoops, Georgetown, home to Siena Wednesday evening at 6.30, and Virginia Tech, home to Dayton. Wednesday night at 8. A very busy show for Thursday. Have a great rest of your Wednesday, and I'll talk to you on Thursday. San Diego. Mm. Drink it in. It always goes down smooth. It's a fact. It's the greatest city in the history of mankind. <laughs> Discovered by the Germans in 1904, they named it San Diego. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.